with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, a very good evening to one and all on this Monday evening with myself, Martin Quilty, here on Full Time. It is the 22nd of May. Hard to believe we're nearly at the end of May already. The years, the weeks, everything is flying by. One thing is not flying by, though, at the minute is sport. And we have plenty of it coming up last weekend with no less than five games here last Saturday. It was one of the busiest weekends that or busiest day even that we have ever had here on KCLR. It all kicked off with the minor hurling uh, on Friday evening, uh, or Saturday I should say not even Friday evening, it was on Saturday and I will be chatting to Niall Bergen later on, he's going to be joining me. Carlo Footballers were out in action also on Saturday and Willie Quinden will be here with me shortly as well I'll be chatting camogie things with Anya Farrell, she's going to join me in studio a little bit later on before she starts her podcast and first up though, we are going to discuss all things Leinster Senior Hurling Championship between Kilkenny and Dublin and there for us commentating on the match was two times all-Ireland winner Adrian Ronnie Ronan. Adrian, how are you this evening, good sir? All right, Martin. Beautiful evening. Big God, it surely is and it was a beautiful weekend for sport uh, all in all. Um, not so much maybe for the minors. Bad day at the office for them. They're knocked out of the championship but we'll be chatting to Niall later on about that. But overall you were in uh, UPMC Norham Park on Saturday evening. It was the meeting of Dublin. I suppose the first thing that really hit an awful lot of people Ron, was the poor attendance because there didn't seem to be that many turning up to it. Was people maybe fearing that Kilkenny were going to blow Dublin out of the water because I'd say if there was maybe between four to 5,000 that was about all was there. Yeah, the official attendance was 5,300 and something, actually. Um, that's, I suppose, not alone for kids. But yeah, you're right. I suppose that dublin Kilkenny rivalry uh, isn't like other rivalries. And, of course, Dublin haven't been so poor in the last few years. And in the last 20 years, Kilkenny have, I think, a 14-to-1 record as regards. Dublin have only beaten us once in 2013. So there was that presumption out of supporters. We did have other sporting games going on between Camogie and rugby. That took a few... And, of course, the Dublin public haven't really got behind this team as well. And that's a disappointment for the, the Michal Dunham and his team. They haven't really got behind them as well like other years. So, yeah, that was a surprise when you compare it to Munster Championship and 40,000 in Turles and 5,000 in Kilkenny and 17,000 in, in, uh, in Ennis yesterday. So that takes from the atmosphere for sure. But that's so, so be it. It was a beautiful evening. Uh, it was balmy, warm, cloudy for sure. And Kilkenny did what they had to do, Martin, really. They, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. They put a, win, a workman-like performance. They won the game. They did it in a, in a, in a, in a manner of, I suppose, um, not very attractive hurling as such. Uh, Dublin, to be fair, the opening 20 minutes were excellent. They, they had came with huge intensity. They had a plan. It worked for a long time. And then Kikini just got back into their groove after 20 minutes and put over six, seven points in the last... Uh, 15 minutes before half time and then you could see that Dublin were starting to wilt and they did wilt they had a reaction for about 5-10 minutes second half and then Kilkenny pulled away again and Dublin reacted in the end but look it was a workman like performance out of Kilkenny wasn't one that we'd be talking about it isn't a game that we'd be we'll be speaking about no. uh, for uh, in the years ahead but um, the concern I suppose for the Kilkenny management and public again is just getting goals and creating goal scoring chances that's what we have something to work on and if we can tag on you know one, two, three goals along with those points scoring then we're going to be a force to be reckoned with but we just have to get those goals and create those goal chances Yeah it was 
overall, I suppose, as you say, I know it's a workmanlike performance, but it was a very poor game for the neutrals and even for anyone that was there in UPMC in Olin Park uh, on Saturday evening. The amount of fumbling, the first touches that was going on, the way were passes that was going on, I know it was put to Jerry Gling afterwards as well, whether the team was a bit nervous going out to play Dublin or not, which is surprising because you're playing at home in front of a, a home crowd, you've beaten Dublin in the National League, going well in the Championship, but really while you say Dublin did put her up to him for 20 minutes other than that Ronnie it was a very poor affair overall yeah possibly but again um, to, to, to to give the guys involved some uh, heads up or a credit I suppose there is a lot of guys there under a certain element of pressure trying to gain their place because as we all know the Kilkenny team isn't really really settled and there's a lot of us here on and off all so called uh, uh, hurling supporters would would believe there's five or six or seven different players could be playing on a different on a different date. So it's all down to form and that Kenny team, as I said, might that might create a bit of nervousness because as I said, lads are kind of looking over their shoulder if they make a mistake. In a lot of positions, if you go down through the team, you know, we're not really, really settled like we have been over the years and there is a lot of guys, as I said, playing for their places. There's a lot of lads in the subs with a lot of experience, mad to get back. A lot of young lads mad to get on. So there's plenty of options there for Kenny. So it's a hugely important next few weeks now for Kilkenny. Now after what happened in, the, in 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 Wexford yesterday, that's going to diminish possibly the uh, the performance of Kilkenny or will it? It'll all depend on what what we're going to do. Where do we go down and try and beat Wexford? And do we give lads a chance? And do does Derek Ling make a few changes or does he go with the team that he's tried and trusted with because they can rest for the whole winter with their clubs or whatever? So. There's a big, there's a big ask now of Derek Ling and his selectors. What do they actually do next weekend uh, when they play Wexford? But look, for the minute, Kilkenny are flying it. They're doing well. We won't say they're flying it. They're doing well. We have our our, our six points. Um, and what our what more can we want? You know, we have one match to play. We're in the Leinster final as part of the goals and uh, for Derek Ling. Well, he's meeting the goals uh, that I'm sure that I expected of the group. Get to a Leinster final. That's goal number one. They've done that. Got to a league final. They've done that. So what more can they do? I suppose when you're looking at the team, especially in the forward line as well, I mean, there's a lot of prolific goal scorers that is there. You have the likes of Owen Cody, you have Mossy Keown, your own Billy Ryan as well, that's well able to get goals on their day. But can you put your finger on this, maybe why they're not banging in goals? I mean, they did against Antrim, all right, they conceded a couple at the far side of the field as well. But overall on Sunday, I don't think that either goalkeeper was really threatened at all um, last Saturday evening. There was no real goal chances in the game. And can you put your finger on this, maybe why exactly that is the case this year, Ron? Yeah, well, a wise man, that hurl man recently discussed it and said, like, there's a huge amount of teams playing with sweepers now and playing negatively. And that it's uh, this is an awful thing to say about backs, but it's way easier to be a back presently in Hurland. It's more difficult to be a forward because invariably there's seven defenders uh, behind the ball in Hur- in, in Hurland at the minute, and that makes it so so difficult. And then they're so uh, so conditioned and so tactically aware, it makes it more difficult for sure. Now switch that a little bit to our world, the Camogie world, and you see nine times out of ten in the Camogie world at all levels. They're seldom sweepers. That's why Curl or Camogie. Now it's a different conversation for a different day. Hey, yeah. Camogie is more. It's more attractive to watch. More attractive to go to. More enjoyable to watch. There's no negativity. There's a certain element of negativity in hurling. I believe based on the fact that people are trying to win games at all costs. And to win games at all costs, you have to load your defence and try and uh, counteract that by beating people uh, on a counter attack. 
So you see more teams, as I said, playing with a centre-back or playing with a sweeper. And that probably diminishes the opportunities for goals. And on the sweeper, Ron, do you think maybe that it's time then that they reduce the numbers from the 15 aside back down to the 13 aside? Because if you look at maybe the amount of touches that some of the players now get on the field, like there was lads even in the Munster Championship, they're driving balls 100, 110 yards now and there's very few touches maybe coming from a certain few players. So is it time to reduce the numbers? Because these lads are fitting to be well able to, to even if there was two players missing from the team, you wouldn't really notice as they're, they're so fit, they're so athletic in this day and age. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's there's tweaks to be uh, made to the the, 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 the GA and hurling again. It has to be looked at. I see there in recent times, the last day or two, next winter, they're talking about the Irish in the higher education of changing the rules in the football that the foot uh, has to be kicked out to 45 metres and it can't be no short puck out, no short kick outs and things like that. So maybe it's worth considering during the league next year tweaking a little bit. I'd be a big fan of maybe uh, certainly puck outs maybe reduce the you know go back to the no more short puck outs maybe that might be one one particular it's go back to the old style or, or change that or having to pass the 45 and as the great Van Larkin always said it has been saying for a long time uh, the ball is too light um, maybe looking at the ball and maybe making the ball a bit heavier you go and you know it from your referee you go to Camogie and hurling matches underage at under 14 level now unless there's young lads at tw- under 12 and 14 putting 65 over the bar yeah you're doing right so it may be time to just to, you know to make the game a little bit more attractive maybe consider I would think just maybe consider the, the weight of the ball is maybe one thing maybe to look at because it seems to be too light and as you rightly said in often cases if you're uh, you, you, you could be playing midfield in club hurling or inter-county hurling in, in Ireland and not getting a touch of the ball unless you're going through the same as world going through the channels going through the channels but certainly it's something could be looked at, maybe, just maybe, as we said, maybe making the ball a little bit heavier. It's just flying up and down the field. Yes, it's, it's brilliant to look at, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we're old school and old style, Martin, but I, um, I think it's, 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 it's um, gone too fast for the likes of me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm coming up very close to time. We won't preview the game on the weekend coming against Wexford because the boys will be doing that on Friday scoreline. Um, just one real positive, I suppose, that came out of the, the game on Saturday, albeit it was just for 24 hours, but uh, at least for a little while, TJ Reid was the top scorer and the all-time record scorer with 30 goals, 516 points or 606 points in total. Uh, a fantastic achievement, albeit Hoggy, Patrick Horgan of Cork then decided he was going to further it on and uh, beat him by a couple of points then the day after getting 1-9 against Clare but what a magnificent servant TJ has been to Kilkenny and that's uh, amount of scoring 606 points he's not finished yet though No he's not finished and as you rightly said it has to be acknowledged and it hasn't it kind of went unnoticed with a lot of uh, the punditry and a lot of the media uh, and if you look back on the records that they talk about in the English football and Haaland getting all the goals Johnny Sexton kicking all the scores like we haven't the GA haven't latched onto TJ Reid or Patrick Horgan and that shootout that's going on now yes I know we're an amateur association yes both guys wouldn't want that line like they're both quite individuals both very good hurlers but I think when you see what other sports are profiling their their statistical uh, scores, as I said, the likes of Sexton's, the likes of your man in Man City, Halland, I think the GA, Kilkenny, and definitely the uh, the, um, the GA Association should uh, maybe give that some recognition to these two boys. But look, we've had brilliant Munster hurling. It's not about individuals. They'll tell you that. It's all about the teams. But a massive achievement for, uh, for TJ. And as you rightly said, 
hopefully, hopefully, he has three or four more games to do to, to, to improve on that. Exactly. Ron, I have to leave it there because I'm coming very close okay. to the outbreak here. Thanks a million, as always, for joining me on uh, Full Time here on Monday evening. Well done to Kilkenny on a 27-21 point victory over Dublin the weekend. And certainly they have one foot in the Leinster final with a draw or victory uh, against Wexford the weekend will do. And no doubt we'll be looking forward to the Leinster final in a couple of weeks. Yep, I'll go on Kilkenny and Galway, what do you think? Well, it's looking that way, all right. Adrian, Ronnie, Ronan, thanks a million for joining me here this evening. I have a quick ab break to take. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Yes, welcome back here to full time. It is 25 past 80 or 25 past 8, 25 past 6. God, I'm getting ahead of myself on this Monday evening here on full time. And I'm going to be joined on the phone line right now because I'm moving things swiftly even along. Willie Quinlan is going to join me and talk about Carlo footballers exploits again Limerick at the weekend. Willie, how are you this evening? Very good, Martin, and yourself? Ah, sure, I am great. Tongue-tied at the minute, but we're getting through that. It was a busy couple of weeks for the Carlo footballers starting off in the Talton Cup. Great win for them uh, two weeks ago against Wicklow. Really set them up nicely going into the Limerick game at the weekend. But unfortunately, they came up again a team that's probably playing higher standard football at this moment in time. They're in Division 2. They've been playing the likes of Dublin. They've been playing the likes of Kildare, etc. in the National League. And it seemed to work against Carlo at the weekend Willie albeit that they had a lot of purple patches in that game and maybe if things had been a little bit different they could have got a result Yes yeah, started off really well started off over the left actually for, uh, from the Wicklow game got the first two points and um, looked to be going quite well uh, frustrating Limerick um, you know they couldn't get their scores at a couple of wides in, in the first half but then Limerick hit a purple patch and went if I'm not mistaken, eight points without reply. Carlo were definitely seven anyway. Carlo were five points down about 15 minutes before the half time. But turned that around and kicked five points in a row and we thought this is them back now uh, like the Wicklow game. Ended up going in eight points apiece at half time. But you could see in the second half the physicality, the strength and conditioning. Um, Limerick turned around one eleven in the second half. Carlo only got six points and uh, I think it ended up 119 to 14 but definitely the higher level that Limerick played played in the last two or three years they went to three went up to two they're they're back down next year but it certainly paid off you could see the strength and conditioning Um, our lads seemed to run out of legs if you could call it that in 10 minutes into the second half there was five or six points in it and they never really made their way back like they did against against Wicklow you know they had some Great performances. Jordan Morrissey in the middle kicked three great points. Um, was really fielded uh, some great balls as well. But they were clever in what they did. The first Carlo kicked the ball long into the middle, put three around job and kept breaking the ball to him. He found it, he found it difficult, and Carlo weren't picking up the break. So uh, Limerick knew what they were doing. They have that experience. They're a little bit advanced than where we are at the minute. But um, we've all to play for in uh, two weeks' time against Longford. Yeah, they certainly have. I suppose going into the break level, uh, it really gave the Carlo boys a bit of confidence. They were five points down. They didn't panic. And Niall Carew alluded to that as well in his post-match interview as well. They done very well to come back and draw things level. But just after the break, 
Limerick as you say they hit 1-11 but they actually hit 1-5 in the first 11 minutes of that game without any response from Carlo and they went 113 to 8 points ahead now there was only 11 minutes gone but Carlo started to panic a small little bit and as Niall said maybe if Carlo had to settle a small little bit and even kept the scoreboard ticking over and kept plugging away at the score you know Limerick may have got a bit jittery towards the end of it but it just didn't happen that way for Carlo and they just seemed to push the panic button when Limerick started to get the run on him well, you see what 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 happens is, and you can see it in in games, uh, when you're playing a stronger, more physical, you know, higher strength and, and conditioning team, they force you into the mistakes. You know, they force you into that tiredness. They, they force you going to the to the next level that you don't have it in your legs. And when that happens, that's when the, uh, you start making the mistakes. They start uh, shooting from silly angles, actually shooting really just to get the ball away. Um, not maybe taking the, the wrong option and that, that comes with fatigue and with tiredness and you could see it after 10 or 15 minutes in the second half legs were nearly gone they, you know they still tried really hard they worked uh, so so hard but difficult for a Division 4 team to play against a Division 2 team week in week out they had a great battle against Wicklow the previous week um, but you'd have to say Wicklow were a Division 4 team last week they, they after, or last year they're after being promoted but they would have been playing Division 4 and they were up at Carlo up against two divisions because, as you say, Limerick played the likes of Dublin, the likes of Kildare, the likes of uh, those teams that are stronger and more physical teams. And you learn from playing against those teams. Um, but we just didn't have that strength and condition in our legs. We're still a very young team, bar one or two guys yep. still learning. So, you know, really, if they could do something against Longford and, and push on, they'd still be able to qualify for the next round. Willie, the, the exploits against Wicklow the week before, do you think they really took it out of Carlo because they gave it their all? It came down right to the very wire. Jonah Dunn getting the last-minute score as well. Do you think maybe the game against Limerick came too quickly for them the following week, like they could have maybe done with an extra week's break in between the games? Yeah, you'll always you'll always find and see. The Division 1 and Division 2 teams can play week in, week out in the league and, and they'll always be very consistent. When you go down a level to 3 and 4, it's very difficult to stay producing that that kind of form when they really had were stretched to their limits. They were, I mean, sixty five minutes in the game in the Wicklow game, and they were still five points down, and ended up turning around picking six points to win by a point. That took an enormous toll on you know each and every one of them, and it was fantastic for the Zoom. But to go and do it again against another tier. Uh, team, the likes of Limerick, which you can see, their Limerick hurlers, their strength and conditioning have come on in the last couple of years, but their footballers are not far behind them as regards strength and conditioning. The power and pace that they had around the middle of the field, and obviously, you know, some very good scores as well. Peter Nash, corner forward, kicked five points from play. They have James Norton, he kicked seven points, uh, five, five from freeze. So they had that scoring power uh, and the strength and conditioning. Uh, Brian Donovan, their centre forward, seemed to absolutely run for 75 minutes of the game. He he never stopped. At one stage, we looked out onto the field and he was carrying the ball across the middle of the field and there was three of our guys passing him late in the game and the further it went, the further he went away. So you could just see it, it was very very going to be very difficult for Carlo uh, to stay with a Division 2 team after putting an enormous effort the previous week. But I can only stand to them for the following week. Hopefully, it's two weeks now of a break. Uh, they need to, you know, regather, re- recuperate, and, and uh, get get together again. And you know, this week I'm sure it'll be a handy enough week for them to get back into it early next week and uh, give everything that they have because it's championship 
uh, next next Sunday week is, is championship because if you lose your round and if you win you go forward to the next round Yeah I suppose the, the result is certainly by no means disgraced Carlo footballers <coughs> either I mean there was what I think it was a uh, 8 points in is in the end when you're playing a Division 2 team isn't that bad at all at all but as you say 2 week break now to Longford it is knockout it's do or die win the game they're true to the knockout stages in the Talton Cup and that would be fantastic for this group of players if that happened yeah, without without, uh, it's not going to be easy either, Martin, because you could see the the big scoreline that Longford put up against Wicklow. I think it was three eighteen to two eight, something like that, a very high score. So uh, Longford playing at a, a higher level as well, even though they're after uh, I think back drop back down to four next year, but they were up in three uh, for the last couple of years. So they're after playing at a higher level. Their, their strength and conditioning will be that bit greater. But Carlo have that two weeks of of a break. And uh, there's no reason why they can't put in a great performance and uh, even go on and snatch the two points. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll be following him here in a fortnight's time as well um, in that game. No doubt that you will be there uh, having a look for us and we'll be chatting to you uh, on the Monday evening after it, hopefully with victory for Carlo and that we will be talking about them getting into the knockout stages of the Talton Cup. Willie, my thanks as always for joining me on this Monday evening. Time is flying by. I have a quick break to take, but as always, your time is uh, invaluable to ourselves here on full time and have a good week, good sir. Great stuff. Thanks, Martin. Perfect. Thank you. That was Willie Quinn. And as I said, I do have a quick break to take. Don't go anywhere. When I come back, I'll be having a chat to Kenny Minor Manager, Niall Bergen. And that's coming up right after these. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. 9.99 at another supermarket gets you a 46 pack of Pampers size 2 nappies. At Aldi, only 6.81 gets you a larger 60 pack of award-winning Mamiya premium size 2 nappies plus nappy cream, baby wipes, nappy sacks and baby lotion with 3.18 left over. All from Aldi, Ireland's number one own label nappy supermarket. You won't just like more value, you'll love it. Tesco price checked on tesco.ie 27 of the 4th 23. Tesco may sell equivalent own brand products at lower prices. Details at aldi.ie forward slash swap. Exclusive offers, products and prices may vary. Introducing the original influencer on a platform so effective it is over 3.7 million followers. No need to post selfies, avocados or dog videos to get lots of likes because this device speaks to over 90% of the nation every week. Say hello to a technology that sends DMs straight to the brain. Welcome to radio, advertising that's always a direct message. Visit radiocentreireland.ie to see what radio can do for your product or brand. With Toyota's incredible hybrid electric range, you don't have to change the way you drive to make a difference. Drive in electric mode 50% of the time on average with no plugging in. Discover the range at your dealer today, including the Toyota CHR and Yaris Hybrid, and see where Ireland's best-selling car brand will take you. Available now for July delivery. For flexible payment options, see toyota.ie. Toyota, built for a better world. Terms and conditions apply. Best-selling claim based on latest published monthly figures. Giveblood.ie know we can count on you, our community of blood donors, to give blood and to choose to be there for others in their hour of need. Blood donors from Kilkenny should attend the clinic in O'Loughlin Gales GAA Club on Monday 22nd and Tuesday 23rd of May. Making an appointment is recommended, so call 1-800-222-111 to book your time. New donors are welcome. Visit giveblood.ie to check eligibility and clinic details, because we count on you. 
Sunsoak in Mexico with TUI. Fly direct to Cancun from Dublin and save up to 400 euro per person. Holiday sorted. TUI. Live happy. Offer T's and C's apply. Looking back over the weekend action. Full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Welcome back to Full Time with myself here on this Monday evening. As they say, time flies by when you're having fun. And we are having so much fun here this evening that it really is flying by here. The laughs going off on uh, our off air is unreal here. So hopefully you're enjoying your Monday evening. Right, we're going to have a chat with Niall Bergen, Kilkenny Minor Manager. And Kilkenny were taking on Clare in FBD Semple Stadium. The first of our five live games last Saturday. It kicked it off. And Niall is joining me now. Niall, how are you this evening? Good, sir. Not too bad, Martin, thanks. Not too bad. Could be better, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, we have to get the win on Saturday, but look, it didn't happen. No, unfortunately, it didn't. Um, it, it was a tough game, to be fair. Uh, Clare, they really are the up-and-coming team, I suppose you could say, with all of their exploits in the, the last couple of weeks. And it certainly didn't get any easier for yourselves either when seven minutes into the game, you're going down to 14 men. And no matter how much that you try and prepare for a game, Niall, there is no way that you could even predict that that was going to happen. See there? He's not. Uh, Niall Bergen has left the building. He's actually gone off the phone line. So, um, right, while we try and uh, get Niall back on the phone line there, I am going to do uh, a quick sports roundup. So we're going to start with soccer. So locally, Kilkenny District... Uh, yeah, locally, Kilkenny and District League took a 3-2 win over Kildare in the FAI Women's Interleague yesterday, while Freebooters grabbed a 3-2 win over Evergreen A in the quarterfinals of the Mock Lawler Premier Cup. Booters will play Callan United on Wednesday week in the semi-finals, the winner going on to face Bridge United in the final on June the 4th. In the Shawnee O'Connor Memorial Shield, it's going to be Castle Warren Celtic and Tullerone in this year's final. Castle Warren had a six-win uh 6-0 win over Stonyford United while Tullerone ran out 5-2 winners over River Rangers A in yesterday's semi-finals. The Jim Mar Memorial Final for Division 3 was the last game on the day yesterday. New Park stopping Evergreen 46 in their tracks to take the cup there. Uh, there's also been a change of time for this weekend's KCLR-sponsored McCallum Cup originally fixed for 2 o'clock given Kilkenny are playing Wexford in the last leg of the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship. At the same time, kickoff is now set for 3.30pm in Dirtymus Park. Uh, in Camogie news, Nay Breed are this year's Senior League champions in Carlow following defeat of St Mullins. Last year's beaten senior county finalists looked comfortable across the game and made the goals count, running out two 10-8 point winners, while Burn Rangers have another title to add to the club's role of honour, seeing off Mount Leinster Rangers last evening, scoring 3-10-2-7 to claim the junior honours. Right, I'm going to skip the sports roundup for a minute and hopefully I'm going to go back to the phone lines and Niall Berrigan might be joining me again because I really don't know what happened there. Niall, are you there this time? Good, sir. I am. I'm back, Martin. I'm back. Sorry about that. I have no idea what happened. You're all right. Phone lines drop all over the place. It happens to me the whole time, even at the, the best of times. But yeah, as we were saying, um, as the manager, when you're preparing for a game, even an All-Ireland semi-final, you cannot predict that you're going to be down to 14 men after seven minutes of play in the first half. It really was an uphill battle from there. Talk to us about the red card. Give us, from your point of view, exactly what you thought uh, about uh, Ed McDermott's red card. Yeah, well, I suppose, look, first of all, Martin, um, referees have an extremely difficult job to do on linesmen. There's no shadow or doubt about it, and fair play to each and every one of them. That's for sure, for putting themselves forward. And um, 
on the day I saw the red card being flashed and it was, I was we were on the far side of the field so I couldn't really comment on it but then having watched it back a few times Martin and I kind of got a sense after the game that uh, something mightn't be right here or it might have been harsh you were the word harsh maybe I look back on it then and I suppose my own gut feeling um, is that you know that really and truly it was a harsh red card because um, let's be fair Ed, Ed, Ed McDermott is a big chap like he's 6 foot 6 I yeah. reckon 6 foot 6 6 foot 7 so I mean he is a tall chap so if he put out his hands and someone my size came and ran straight into him you're going to get clotheslined no matter what way you go about it and that can be deemed a high challenge so I mean there yeah. has to be some kind of uh, exceptions made um, for taller men yeah, I agree with you, Martin. Look, listen, um, first of all, you know, I want to say, like, obviously, well done to Claire and fair play to him on, 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 on a good win and I wish to well in the All-Ireland final. And I don't, certainly, you don't want to come across as this, like, gosh, this is a sour grape, something like that. Yeah, no, no. Um, but but uh, what, 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 what I would say is that um, if you're eight minutes in or seven and a half minutes into an All-Ireland semi-final and you're refereeing 16 and 17 year olds, it would want to be pretty bad, Martin, to be sent off. Um, and that's all I'd say. It wants to be pretty bad, a pretty bad incident for, for, for you to be sent off that early, um, in a match. And, um, when you consider the senior games, the Kilkenny and Dublin match in Nolan Park and, and the games, yes, they're fantastic games, absolutely brilliant games. But my gosh, I, I, I saw an awful lot worse tackles than, than what I just saw on, on Saturday at one o'clock in, or ten past one or whatever time it was in, in, in Torless, you know, and, um, yeah, the hits were ferocious. Yeah, it's frustrating that way. Um, you touched on it there. Ed McDermott is six five or six six, and um, the cornerback, um, you know, it was, it was significantly smaller. But uh, to be honest, Ed didn't even put out his hand. He turned. He didn't even put out his arm. He just turned sideways and uh, and and didn't actually move towards the player. The player moved into him. Um, and uh, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. To be honest with you, when a red car went up in the in the air um, from the referee. I couldn't believe it. In most days, you touched on it there. Your best laid plans go out the window um, after that. To, 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 to the boys' credit, and has been a case all year. They battled and battled and battled, and they went in a point down at half time and actually took a lead early in the second half. Um, but look, 15 against 14 for 52 minutes, and then injury time as well. Uh, you know, it, it takes very, its very, toll. Ah, it does. It takes its toll. It takes its toll, and it's very hard to sustain uh, the pace of a of an All Ireland semi final as well. You know, or to, to keep up with that very very high level of uh, intensity as well. But um, yes, look, um, Ed, just on Ed, look, he's a great chap. He's two year county minor, um, this is his second year as a county minor, and um, he ended up unfortunately missing out with Kieran's College uh, through illness and uh, battled back to get on the field uh, this year um, it looked doubtful early on in the year whether he'd make it onto the field and uh, I just feel very 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 um, sorry for him and indeed all the players because uh, they put it, they put in a ferocious effort um, over the last uh, six months seven months eight months there thereabouts and indeed their families um, um, so look it's uh, disappointing but uh, definitely the players have come on leaps and bounds um, and I think uh, moving into the future um, they're in a much better position and um, I hope to God that some of them will go on and wear the Kilkenny jersey at under 20 level and then and please God at senior level in years to come as well I think they will to be fair and it's not going to define Eddie either because he's a fantastic hurler we've seen no. him playing against Offaly in the well I did anyway in, in the quarter final um, 
um, of the Leinster Championship and he was outstanding that day as well so no, none of this will define a player like that we, we, we certainly Absolutely will say not. that and they will be back in mm. the future um, I suppose overall though it's disappointing that you're coming towards nearly the end of May and that's the inter-county season finished now for our under-20s and the minors both of them now knocked out of the All-Ireland series as well mm. um, I suppose just to touch on it a small little bit we're eight years gone now since we've had a minor f- title come to Kilkenny we lost in 2018-19-20 so the players are there we just haven't had a bit of luck in the last number of years um, so what can we do to, to take the next steps Noel, to get to the stage next year and to be back and competing in the All-Ireland series yeah, um, well, I think it, 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 there, there seems to be uh, changes afoot in terms of uh, uh, squads, um, and then I know there's maybe a bit of restructuring at board and log level being done as well, uh, Martin. And I think that augurs well for the future. I think it needs to happen. Um, some counties seem to have stolen a march on, on us in terms of uh, in terms of uh, preparation and 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 that at at a, at a underage level. And I think it's important that uh, can, um, they are examining it, and um, and I think it's important that uh, plans are put in place uh, to make sure that uh, Kilkenny will remain up there thereabouts um, every single year really and truly um, at, at inter-county level um, you touched on it there about the under-20s being out as well um, but I just find it a bit bizarre that um, here we are on the 22nd of May um, and there's only two teams left in the under-20 competition and in the Leinster or sorry in the All-Ireland minor competition as well I think it's absolutely bizarre that end of May and and and, uh, and, and that is the case I don't, I'm really not sure what the rush is to be honest with you um, um, and I know you're the minor manager as well but what, uh, to just to allude on your point there a small little bit as well when you're looking at the fixture congestion and everybody giving out including the car captain which I was watching after last yeah. weekend's under 20 final that the senior players mm-hmm. can't play with him like where exactly is the rush like that the under 20s couldn't maybe extend it out a small little bit to give those players a chance to play with their under 20s which they're entitled to play in Munster or Leinster finals mm-hmm. and also play with their senior team as well it really doesn't make any sense at all at all to have two teams left in the under 20 championship there's only two teams now left in the minor championship and we're not even into June yet Ah, sir, look, it's bizarre. Um, and as I'm talking to you now, Martin, um, I stand to be corrected on this, but I think there's somewhere between 12 to 16 teams left in, in the, in the uh, minor competition in football. I think that's just, it's hard to believe that uh, in, in Ireland you're down to two and in the football there's 12 to 16 teams left. Or at, Leinster, at the Leinster semi-final stage in the football championship at the moment. Um, but now you have fellas uh, who have who, who want to play inter-county hurling and who have played inter-county hurling or whatever and they love to, get, love to play for a little bit longer and it's just, it's been run off week on week. Um, I just feel it's kind of a box-taking exercise in many ways and it's, it's disappointing. If you take Offaly, for example, what a run they had last year and all the rest at minor level, but we knocked them out. I think Martin, I'd stand to be corrected, but around the 25th of April or there, thereabouts, like that's inter-county hurling over for for Offaly for a 16 or 17 year old in Offaly. Um, just doesn't make sense. Wexford was played. We played Wexford the following week. Um, in a in a in a Leinster semi-final, and their hurling was all over the Maybank Holiday weekend. It just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It was great to have Galway in Leinster and fair play to them, but I just felt it was probably bizarrely done in many ways as well. Four weeks out before the the start of the championship, with the draws made, and all of a sudden Galway came in. Great to have them, and they're by gosh, are they setting the standards? Absolutely, but a little bit of a knock-on effect, Martin, in terms of the All Ireland was scheduled for July, 
um, when 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 we had the um, the All Ireland qualifier series, so yep. to speak, with Galway and the Munster and Leinster runners up, little bit of a knock on effect that way because I'm not sure, so sure what the thought process was um, in relation to okay, number one, Galway into Leinster, fair play to them, but number two, uh, how does that affect the Leinster Championship, and then also how does that affect the All Ireland uh, Championship as well? Yeah, well, certainly there's a lot of things to be going forward and to having a look and that certainly is one of them with the structures of all the competitions as well. And as you say, structures are being looked at as well for all our squads, um, I take it, going yep. forward. And for us to be up there and competing because we know we have the players, we have the talent, we just need to, I suppose, come up to the standard where the rest of them are. If you look at Offaly, I think since Michael Dugan and all took over as chairman, they're, they're under 20 All-Ireland uh, football winners, they're under 20 Leinster finals, all within the space of a couple of years. And that was really fast-tracked forward with their developments, etc. So if, yeah. no disrespect to Offaly, but if the likes of Offaly can do it, weeks would certainly be looking at something similar within our own county and getting back up to the top table where we should be by right. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. But it's a process, Martin. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen over six months or seven months. It's a process. No. Um, from talking to Claire there last week, last Saturday, and and to Galway, uh, you know, it's three or four years of seriously, seriously um, hard work in terms of getting everything right and getting things right to the highest of standards um, and prep, preparation-wise. Um, and then really, at minor level, the finishing touches are put to, 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 to the groups or whatever it is then as well, ready for them to go. Now, every county has its, has its challenges. Don't get me wrong, because obviously Galway have a significant challenge in trying to get the 17-year-olds through to under 20 and, and, and so forth. But, um, you know, look, it's, it's something that I know that Kilkenny are looking at and you would be hoping um, that it'll stand them in good stead moving into the future. Um, Kilkenny, I suppose, Galway and Clare and Cork, actually, the three other teams in Turles last Saturday, um, would have been, um, I suppose, significantly better, I think it's fair to say, than Kilkenny throughout the uh, years, or, or in, 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 throughout the last couple of years, I suppose. Um, and um, it, kind of, it kind of held through in many ways, although... As, as a management and as, as, as a panel of players, and that we'd love to have a, had a crack at Clare with um, 15 v 15, um, you know, and because we felt, I suppose we've been making slow starts in matches, and we made a fast start last Saturday, and uh, we were, we, you know, we were hurling reasonably well, even though it did happen in the eighth minute, and we continued to hurl well, to be fair, Martin, um, up until the 35th minute or there thereabouts. But um, you would have liked to have seen how things uh, how things panned out with uh, 15 v 15. Yeah, just unfortunate the way things went. But Niall Bergen, well done on getting to the All-Ireland semi-final to yourself and the team. Certainly no disgrace. It has been a good year for yourselves. You have built right from the very start and progressed nicely along the Leinster Championship and into the All-Ireland semi-final as well. And no doubt yourself and this group of players will be back again in the future. So well done to one and all and to all your backroom team as well because they are sometimes forgotten about. But as the managers always alluded to, you're the ones that's out in the spotlight and taking the interviews. But there's a big team behind you as well and we thank them for all of their hard work as well so well done to everyone and thanks a million for joining me here for the last couple of Mondays on full time as well and giving up your time and having a chat to it is very much appreciated and I thank you kindly for that That's all Martin listen thanks very much No bother that was Niall Bergen there Kilkenny Minor Manager having a chat to us right Anya Farrell is in studio I have a quick break to take don't go anywhere and we will be talking Camogie when we come right back 
full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Volkswagen.ie. Welcome back into full time as we're approaching five to seven here on this Monday evening. I'm joined in studio by Anya Farrell, who was my co-commentator at SETU in Carlow on last Saturday for Kilkenny's victory over Carlow in the Intermediate Championship final. And we have a couple of minutes on yet. So it was a good day for Camogie all around. The two neighbouring counties met one another. Kilkenny beaten in the league final this year in the Division 2B final. Carlo winning the Division 3A final. Going very, very well. Both of them probably had an easy run into the final. Um, Carlo played very well in the first half, but Kilkenny's experience in that just took over in the second half and they ran out 11-point victors. Yeah, they certainly did. I suppose Carlo got off to a dream start when Eleanor Tracy uh, scored a goal from a free. And, you know, I suppose that's really kind of what set Carlo up. But it was just their attitude, I suppose, in the first half compared to Kilkenny. Kilkenny, I felt, just started a bit slow and seemed to be a little bit rattled by the way that Carlo were attacking. Carlo just seemed to be a lot more aggressive on the ball. And, you know, they really had a game plan and they put a really, really they like, you know, did brilliantly in it in the first half and I suppose everything was going so well for them you know Michelle Nolan or Katie Kate Nolan was getting on an awful lot of ball there in the first half Eleanor Tracy obviously enough you know she was she was so accurate on their freeze and I suppose that, that was going to become so vital as well and yep. then you look at Eva Sinnott she was very good she was trying to mop up an awful lot of ball there as well um, Half time probably came too quick for him Definitely but half time couldn't come quick enough for Kilkenny to be honest with you and you know I think it is fair to say that Kilkenny were lucky to be going in two points ahead at half time and you know for the 30 minutes of hurling that was done you'd have to say that Carlo certainly were the better team in the first half but whatever was said in the dressing room at half time to the Kilkenny girls by God they came out of the blocks all guns blazing and you know the very minute they got that goal there from Sarah Barco they just seemed to be really just push on from that and you know they created some great chances and I think you know within 3-4 minutes they had a goal and 2 points registered on the scoreboard and you could just see them from there or they just started you know oozing the, the confidence that they have and you know some of their the style of play that they were playing and you know some of the distribution of the ball and some of their scores were absolutely excellent you know for me I think Hannah Scott really stood up as a leader there at the weekend and scored two unbelievable points and you know she was excellent Laura Green obviously getting player of the match there Barker won three Claire Dohney Kilkenny I think really good position now heading into the All-Ireland Championship this weekend Yeah they certainly have well you're going to have more on that later on because mm-hmm. Come On Kind is going to be recorded shortly and that's going to be out as well so lots coming up on that to here so tune in to that and thank you for the very quick update with ourselves here on Full Time this evening Right, to finish up the roundup, we'll stay with Camogie News and Kilkenny's under-16s lost their third game in a row to Cork by 2-11-2-8 at the weekend in the All-Ireland A competition while in the B All-Ireland competition Carlo lost out to Kildare uh, they now take a break for the exams and they will all resume on the 2nd of July. In athletics, Molly Daly from Loretto and Kilkenny won the 300 metre hurdles final at the weekend breaking a 28 year record. Uh, the time in that was done and the record would you believe it was set by her mam back in 1995 that was Fiona Norwood so daughter taking the record away from mam. It was a considerable achievement to break a record but it has to be something special to break your own mother's 
as long lasting one as well. Moving to handball news and Jerry Murphy was in contact with us again. County juvenile results 60 by 30, 12 S in all these are girls. It was Maeve Moylan from Kells was the winner, 14 S Shauna Hayes from Kells, 15 S was Emily Phelan from Kells, 16 S was Katie Jordan from Kilfane and 17 S was Holly Byrne from Clock and Hard Look to Kyle Jordan Kilfane, Kieran Nary Talbot Inch, both players losing in the respective semi-finals in the men's open. Owen Carey's in the building, he's coming up with a fully loaded later on. Don't forget to kick any hurling matches on later this weekend as well on Sunday at 2 o'clock. I will be back again next Monday evening to discuss things, all things GAA related and much more over the weekend as well. But for the time being, stand by for Owen. He'll be with you shortly until next Monday. It's goodbye from myself and take care. Enjoy the week. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahards Volkswagen.ie.